Punkt. Welcome to episode 22 the John O'Shea episode of the United Way. I'm Al Foran and he is back this week. I'm back, baby. I am Damien Broderick. I am back. Back from Florence. Beautiful Florence. With, with no tan. It was just as cold there as it was here, baby. <laughs> the only difference was the people dressed better. But it was beautiful. It was smashed. Enriched with culture. Oh, my God. The Airbnb I had was literally right beside the Duomo. Like, the, the terrace with the... Wow. Yeah, the big cathedral right there in the background. Sure, if I record the video, it's just George Bell's going off all day, but the rest of it, <laughs> rest of it's great. Like, <laughs> rest of it's great. Yeah, but what do you do? Like, I mean, you could put a bit of music over it. And all that. Ah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get that shoe pop sound, you know, when there's a fucking George Bell in the background. Yeah, sure true. enough. Sure enough. True, true. true. No, it was deadly. It was deadly. And now you're back. Now I'm back. In the big smoke. In the big smoke. In the big smoke. We can taste the air difference. So we can chew the Dublin air <laughs> as opposed to the Florence air. That just wafts up your nostrils beautifully. Is it, is it nice? Oh, I, I think Irish air is very nice. I think our air is good <laughs> compared to... I do! <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Welcome to the United Way podcast, people, where we talk about what, the air quality. The air quality. <laughs> Talk bad air quality. Talking about quality, the John O'Shea episode. Ah, underappreciated. Unbelievable. Amazing player. Great lad as well. Lovely. Literally talent. played in every position on the pitch. Come on the pod, John. Come on the pod, John. We need to talk about you, not Megan Lewis Figo. Yeah. About you scoring a little dinky chip in Highbury. In Highbury. Over Jens Lehman, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Talking about scoring a banger in Anfield as well. I think he scored a nice, nice goal in Anfield. It, no, it wasn't yeah. a banger. It was. It, it was it was a decent enough finish, but it was like in the ninety second or third minute. And ergo, we, ergo, banger. Yeah, and keeping a clean sheet. Yeah, and keeping a clean sheet. What it was a, a clean sheet! That was a great game. Actually. What a player! I always remember that. Like, I always remember the, the the cliff when I think Rio Ferdinand loses the ball. Like I mean, I think he tries the little scoop over the defender and loses it, and uh, Shazy runs out. Yeah, slide, slide tackles, and then someone tries to kind of chip him when he catches it, and then. Uh, the camera cuts to the bench because the game's basically won yeah. we're 3 nil up or something we're 3-4 nil up yeah. and the camera cuts to the bench and it's Giggs and Rooney all laughing <laughs> <laughs> played in goals as well huh it played in goals against Spurs he played in goals that's what, that's what yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> you will yeah. here's the interesting thing about John O'Shea like he he, he was a utility player but he'd play in that particular seat, particular position for the whole season. Almost, when he yeah. started off, he was in midfield. Or, or was he left back? I think he was left back when he started off in 2002. Thanks, David. And then he kind of went into the midfield. And then he became a right back. And, yeah. then, and, that, and, and he stuck to that. But he, pl- he played centre back as well. Yeah. But I remember him, I remember him right back. I remember his, his performance against Arsenal in the first leg of the semi-final in 2000 and what was it two, two, who, who did we beat in the semi-final in Champions League yeah oh we had Arsenal in the semi-final we, we had Arsenal that's where two years in a row didn't we that's where you, are you two, thinking, oh wait are, I know no are you thinking of the game where Ronaldo scored that free kick and Mooney is in goal and the commentator says this is oh, far no, it's I'm t- almost too far out for I'm Ronaldo I'm talking about the first leg mm. where we beat them 1-0 yeah we beat Arsenal in the in the semi final in two thousand and eight as well. 
Yeah, back sure. to back. Sure. Man United and Arsenal semi finals, was, wasn't that's it? That's literally the game yeah. where the commentator says, This is too far out for even Ronaldo. Yeah. And he slaps it in. He's, yeah. Goes through Almunia. Goes through Almunia. I, I want to just make a public apology, by the way. Oh. Just before we get. Here we go. This is embarrassing. So, I tweeted after Hoyland scored his goal. Did you see this tweet? I did not see this tweet. Did you see this tweet, David? I think I did. So Hoyland scored. I thought, oh, Rasmus, what a start. What a what a thunderbolt. With his weak foot and all. Oh, me. I Delete. convinced. No, I didn't. Delete no, I didn't. Because <laughs> I don't, other than, you know, there's a lot of idiots on Twitter who like to stick to agendas. And if they're proven wrong, they just brush it under the carpet. Not me. I thought that Rasmus Hoyland was right-footed. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I am. I am absolutely ashamed. Like, well, in all fr- season. In fairness you want to hear the funny thing, hold right? On, hold on. Every time he was shooting with his right foot, the shots were so tame. I was like, what are you doing? Is it that your guy? <laughs> Do you know what? In, in your, in your defence, in your defence. He hasn't got much service. He, has, he hasn't got much opportunity so, to be shooting to know which foot you I should have known. I should have known before we signed them. So, for that, I publicly apologise. Oh, well. I'm on it. I'm, I'm, the host of a man, a co-host of a Man United podcast here, and I should not have that knowledge. I, that knowledge should be stored in my brain. So, I apologise for that. The Liverpool fans were fucking going right oh, in on me. Of course they were. Right, right in on me on Twitter. Of course they, they really were. were. Nothing like a Liverpool fan to comment on a game that has nothing to do with them, right? Oh, nothing <laughs> to do with them. I mean, Joe, I love, I love that meme. Get in there and make it about you. <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> that is my favourite meme. We swear to God. It's it, yeah. It resonates so much with them. Isn't it? It's hilarious. Massively I swear so. to God. Or the, what's the other meme? People were like, the, the, free Palestine. <laughs> well, do you know what's happening in Liverpool? It's <laughs> fucking mental. But Head the, cases. But the, the other You have to love them. Where your man is celebrating. He's like... In oh, the, yeah. He's in third place, yeah. And he's like the gold medal in the mouth yeah. and the confetti everywhere. I think people did that for Liverpool because they only have technically one Premier League title. Yeah, yeah. 30, you know. But... uh yeah. Oh, and the game last night, what do we think? I'm starting to get a bit concerned. Oh. About? The manager. Go on. I just... Oh, I didn't see a style of play. I, I, I did. Counter-attacking football. Yeah. At Old Trafford. But... Isn't this not exactly what we all... Well, not we all, but the fan base piled on Ollie for? There, there should be... A bit of control, though. I'm not listening. I'm not saying after watching that game. Sacked boy. Yeah, yeah, of course. But not. No. it's concerning. My, that we're heavily reliant on that. My my main issue is two two things. Uh, one, we don't dominate games. No, at all. Right, we pay big money for a goalkeeper so we can start playing out from the back. Okay, yes, we've had injuries. We had most of our back four out at, to some degree, if not all yes. of them, at one point. Wambasaka played left back last night. Couldn't believe. Um, it. I don't think he played that badly, actually. I didn't think he was that bad. And um, other than that pass that he gave away when we were on the break, yeah, it was, it was just. But um, Tarkanacho was a bit wasteful with with balls as well. He's not great receiving the ball uh, when it's facing his own goal. Yeah. Um, and Dalo doesn't really do do anybody any favors in in the manner in which he passes and the manner in which he moves. Mm. I think Dalo's movement into space it's either exceptional or it's exceptionally bad. Yeah. Just like 
he just puts you under so much pressure when he gives you the ball sometimes. I thought he was defensively good though. Thought he was defensively yeah. good. Um but yeah, going forward, like when he feeds the ball up the channel to Garnacho, like he, he does you no favours, he piles it under so much pressure and it's not not useful at all. Yeah. But the big issue is we don't dominate games. Kobe Moyne was is unbelievable, but he's he's a child. We yeah. don't dominate games. Maybe with Casemiro coming back, if you play Moyne and Casemiro in there together. And with Bruno. And yeah. Bruno playing in the hole, maybe they start to control games. We don't dictate possession. We don't dictate the pace of the game. Mm. Um, and that only leads us to play on, on the counter-attack. Yeah. Um, and the issue is there, when you come up against good teams that are able to pile on pressure, they will eventually score a goal because we can't defend. Their whole midfield. We're terrible. Like. That's the thing. Sar, Basuma and Madison, that's, that's their midfield three. They just slaughtered us yesterday. They just slaughtered us as they had a full team. They would have. They were a better team. 100%. 100%. They and, they nearly broke, and they nearly broke the crossbar from the corner <clears> as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That Pedro Porro. Brilliant. What a, what a fuck. Wow. What a player. That's a player. Yeah. Brilliant. Is he a right back or a right midfielder? I can't I can't. Really I can't actually tell. He kind of does that kind of Trent he, thing where he kind of yes. hovers inside. Yeah. He's their um, own version of Trent. And he's, he? he's very difficult to, to pick up when when they're going forward because mm. you, you don't know if he's going to go inverted you don't know if he's going to the left back is fantastic as well it was yeah. they've got a very good team <laughs> got a very good team <laughs> fucking team where did they sign these players for Poro they signed from is it no idea Spain or what? Portugal I've never even heard of him before it's brilliant I've never heard of him before but that Udogi fella he really impressed me yeah. how quick he is and how how physically Dominant he is as well. Yeah, him. That was a that was a, a good battle between him, good him and him yeah. and Garnacho on that side. It was good watching. Thought Rashford played okay. Um, thought he took his goal very well. Seemed confident on on the ball. Went that players. He was quite confident with a celebration. Yeah, the the talking mouth on the and then the knee slide. Didn't think it was necessary. Didn't think it was necessary. Like mate, oh. just you've you've just shut mouths by scoring a goal, and now you're gonna get them. You've also again. just signed a contract. In the summer, where you earn four hundred grand a week, yeah, and you're shushing people, you, you're doing the yeah. talking too much gesture to to your own fans. Yeah, you're, you're sliding into into, <clears throat> into your own home fans. Like that's that's the end where that's the corner where the tunnel is. You uh, do that to opposition fans. Oh, you just don't do it at all. Just knee slide in. Just celebrate your goal. Yeah, but but in that situation, if you're a striker. You're getting booed away also, from home. Also, hold on a second, Fans. right? He knee slid and done this thing with his with his fucking hand to people to shut me out. That was his fourth goal on Old Trafford this season. <laughs> yeah. Who are you telling to be quiet? People are talking because you've hit the net once in your own home ground while you're earning 400 grand a week. I thought he was good. I thought he played well. Absolutely, I thought he, I thought he played well. Um, I hate his fucking attitude when he gets subbed off, though. Ah. Oh. Like, don't get me wrong. I was sitting in... in fucking Rome airport watching the game on, on my phone mm. right waiting on an Uber at the corner because the traffic was absolutely mental it made me fly by the skin of my teeth but when Anthony came on the pitch I literally went oh, the, the groans and eyes up literally looked straight I, I've never ever seen a player like a, a United player where he comes off the bench and I thought oh fuck's sake here know, we go I know, it's, it's weird <clears throat> yeah. it is weird and the first thing he's doing is first touch we give the ball away. Yeah. He does that all the time. Anytime he it's comes just, Oh man, I don't know what it is. It's not even that I don't like the guy. It's just... I look at that, that substitution and I think we've, we've just made the team slightly worse. 
I don't think he adds any value to the team. No. Going forward or going backwards. It's not as if like you, you make a, a substitution and it shores up the midfield and you lock it down and you and you got you you're under the cusp and you need a draw or you're one nil up and you need to lock shop up because you're in the dying second of the yeah. game. I, I just don't get what he offers. I, I really don't. And I'd love to know. Mm. I'd love him to prove me wrong. I really would. I think there needs to as well be some sort of solution with McTominay. I think so as well. And I, th- I, th- I, th- I think relying on him for for a win. Essentially, now, doing what Hoyland does, picking up scraps, it's... it's Now, in saying that, oh, yeah. literally the last fucking touch of the game, Brian, like, give or take, that free header should have been a fucking goal. Yeah. I know. Didn't even test the goalie. No. Like, that's... At that level, I don't care what player you are, if you play for a Premier League team of, of any scale... It's, Free header. A free header in the six yard box should be a goal. Yeah, I'm surprised because he, he he scores them. That's what I mean. You know he does score them. Do you know what? Do you know what fucks me off about United players? I can guarantee you he was thinking about a celebration before the ball even fucking touched his fucking head, and that was the fucking issue because it was a 90, 90 He was overthinking. He was. It was a ninety fifth minute potential winner. Six yard box. No one near me. Yeah. That ball's on my forehead. So he's thinking to himself, do I need slide in that corner? Do I need slide in that corner? Do I take me jersey off? Do I take me boots off? Do I do cartwheels? Like, mate, just put the ball in the net do and know, just do whatever comes to it. Like, all the United players in the squad who I'd be confident to score in that, who, the one player who would score that header, I, like, I wouldn't be confident with Rashford. No. I wouldn't be confident with Hoyland. I, I, no, I, I haven't nah. been too confident with his heading ability. His heading ability. Casemiro. <laughs> yeah. Casemiro. Oh, headers he's he's fantastic it's, it's an underrated uh, aspect of his game trait to his game yeah, yeah. I thought like, good he is in the air McTominay's 6-4 he's our top scorer no, this season <laughs> like, uh, Casemiro sorry yeah. McTominay oh, actually oh. I would have been confident with McTominay killed initially me. before that crack. it killed me before mate. that header I was, I was watching it and it's just like this is just United and this season summed up in, in a single moment but we didn't deserve to win it. The Spurs were all over us. Yeah, yeah. Seventy odd percent possession. We had twenty eight. What was it? They had seventy two. You know what? And we had twenty eight. I'd love to know when the last time you know it dominated possession at Old Trafford. It was actually probably against them last season. Spurs, the two 0 win. But that game last season was one of my favourite United games. I saw. I saw a tweet. Um, just thinking of the possession stats there with the corners that someone said uh, Spurs have another corner well you know they're still waiting to turn theirs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing we can't fucking score from corners we've we've no real solid set piece specialist Bruno is with regards to set pieces he's unbelievably hot and cold mm. he's mainly cold most of the time um, there's no Luke Shaw is probably our best player on set pieces. Yeah, if we can wrap him in bubble wrap. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> he was meant to be back yesterday and then... I don't know. He pulled out last... I really don't know. It was good to see Martinez come on. Yeah, it was good. It was great you to see, see him come you on. You see the difference, couldn't you? You could see yeah. the difference in how we were playing out from the back. His his ability to break lines uh, with passing is unbelievably underrated and you know you'd have missed that so much and how press resistant he is as well isn't it a joke it's and like you know what I, I hate to say this because I like the guy Johnny Evans is 
the fucking worst at when he's being pressed. He like mm. he gets the ball away, like and I mean barely gets it away at like the last millisecond. Yeah, like he lit- he's literally getting fouled as he's yeah. passing it because he invites so much pressure on it. I don't know if it's because there's lack of options or if he's fucking slow making the decision, yeah. whatever it is. Every time he receives the ball from the goalkeeper, I'm nervous. He had the lowest uh, player rating on the pitch. Evans. Yeah, he what he he had a bad game. He had a he had a poor game. A yeah. four. A four. Yeah. For Benton Core's goal, um, he was far too hesitant. Well, the, the fact that they walked it into the fucking net, <coughs> you know, the only other was, thing that was embarrassing. The only other thing that annoys me as well, like I don't like this needs to be a coaching thing. Um, like the set pieces last night is is absolutely clear. David De Gea got absolute fucking debt. I mean, this guy got debt. We're talking on, about Onana commanding his, his area. Yeah, Gordon. Roy Kane touched on it as well in the six. Like that ball was being Bad. dropped into the six yard box. If it's hitting the penalty spot, boy, like boy, I mean, that your mm. defenders deal with it. If that's dropping into the six yard box, you need to be catching or punching that fucking. Yeah, thing, right. Goalkeepers are the most protected player on the entire pitch. Mm. If you come out into a pack, knee knee up to the chest fists out and you punch mm. the ball out you can clear anybody and nobody yeah. no one bats an eyelid right they lean into you you, uh, you let out a yelp you'll get a free out yeah they, I, they, this is what I'm saying the hair got grief like borderline abuse mm. for being stuck to his line and nobody mentioned like Roy Kane mentioned it on an Anna last night but yeah. I, I really don't get it I really really don't no. get it and often teams don't even crowd them out no, the teams stop wasting their time crowding the hay. Yeah, at one point because they knew he wasn't going to come running for the ball, so they just left them. I just how many have we conceded from set pieces and corners this season? It's a lot. It's it's a lot. Yeah, and but we don't for, for for a keeper like him who has quite a physical presence about him. This is what I mean. He's a unit. Com- yeah, he's a not he's manager a big boy, like. Is a bit concerning. Uh, listen. I go back to what I said about Ten, <coughs> ten Hag and, and, you know, the identity that I watched mm. on the on the pitch yesterday. Stick, 100% stick with him until the end of the season. See how he fares. With Casemiro and Martinez coming back and Shaw as well and Maguire, you know. Yeah. Um, and Mount. And yeah, Mount as well. If, if he can fucking hit it off. Um, give him a chance until... Until the summer, see see what happens, see what he can do. I think that's what Ratcliffe Ratcliffe is. You know, he's at the point now where he's, he's just come in, so he has mm. to be patient with what he has there. Um, and then I, I'm sure you'll start seeing some rash decisions being made in the summer. Yeah. Um, do you know what I think? <clears throat> it's um, it's probably kind of uh, a win-win for for Ten Hag whether he gets sacked or not. To be honest, because you're gonna get. A, a, a percentage of the fan base that are going to turn around and be like oh yeah well he deserved to get sacked mm. the results weren't there the patterns of play weren't there yeah. weren't scoring goals we're conceding goals yeah. like even my little brother said to me the other day um, he was just like I watched the United game and like, I, I honestly don't ever think for a moment that we're going to keep a clean sheet yeah. even before the game's actually started yeah. like conceding is a given yeah. which is mental it is um, and then the other percentage of the fan base that don't think he's going to get sacked can turn around and be like oh well it was a bit harsh wasn't it I mean most of his starting 11 were missing all season oh, and yeah there will be you know? so either way if if he gets sacked or not there's going to there's gonna be a, a, 
a proportion of the fans that are quite sympathetic towards him. So he's kind And I am. I am quite yeah, sympathetic me too, like. towards him. <coughs> I just think they had a lot of players missing too. Oh yeah. And well well this is the thing. I to let said, them walk all over like just because As we alluded to, if they had a full strength squad yesterday they would have smashed. And it's us. kind of it's yeah. It's inexcusable, I think, you know, telling reporters and, and, and you know, telling you know, pundits you know, basically telling reporters, you know, once I have these players back, then you'll see my style of play, you'll see my identity on the pitch. That should not be the case. You shouldn't rely on those players to come well, back in, well, well, this in is, order to in order to. Well, this is the this is the other issue as well. Like people say, like, oh, how come Elmi doesn't play the Ajax way? Cause he doesn't have the personnel to do with that. No, he doesn't. Like, that's point blank. Um, and then the thing is, like, well, the Ajax way is gone. By the way, at the moment, oh, yeah, how they're playing. Absolutely. I don't know where they are. But, but the other the other side of that is, if you look at look at the okay, I'm gonna say look at the four clubs. Three major ones, I'm gonna say, and I'll mm. put I'll put Spurs in there as a as a force, right? Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, right? Three teams that have an absolute clear identity in the manner in which they play, yeah. and they play that way every game, regardless if players are injured or not. Yeah, right. All three of them clubs are run miles better than United. Yeah, right. Okay, yes, United have been given funds to go sign players, absolutely the same way those other three have. Yeah. Right. And I'll put Spores in there as well. Spores have been given funds to go sign players. Mm. Right. Absolutely. Not to the same extent, but they, they were given funds to sign players. Right. But the managers are being backed in very different ways. Very different ways. Yeah. Right. United let young talent go for pennies mm. and then loan, loan <coughs> out 30 year olds. We'll get Johnny Evans back on loan. You heard we, you heard a rumour. We'll get Amrabat on loan, a rumour, Benzema on loan, yeah. all this other sort of garbage. Six months. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying... Think of the, the first... I can think of two players in Ferguson's era where that was done. Oh, There's it probably more, but I can think of two off the top Larson. of my head. Henrik Larsson and Lauren Blanc. Blanc, yeah. Right? You may look this up now and, and the time that Blanc came. Larson was definitely post-Glazers. The Glazers were in when Larson was oh, yeah. alone. And Blanc maybe beforehand. Yeah. But that was the pattern. That was the start of it. Yeah. The only difference is... Ferguson Larson was 2007. Yeah. Mm. And Blanc might have been a little earlier. Well, not that early. <laughs> Blanc came in after Stam was... Shifted. Shifted out. Was kicked out. Yeah. So... Um, but that was the start of what we're seeing now. What we're seeing now is a, a, an exaggerated... like oh, the quick like, fix. Yeah. Yeah, but not even the quick fix. It's, it's like... Well, we don't want to spend money. So you just fucking sticking a square peg in a round could, hole. You could, you could argue as well that the big signings that we've made over the last couple of years are essentially... Was Blanc post-Glazer? Blanc, Henrik definitely was. Yeah. It's about Blanc. BLNC? You were thinking there, is it? No, no, BLANC, yeah. Blanc. But you, you could argue... Laurent. You could Blanc. argue that some of the big signings we've made were essentially quick fixes. Well, some of some of them. I don't think Mason Mount's a quick fix. I think, like, I, I still no, don't, no. I still don't understand that sign, and I don't. But Casemiro, as a- good as he is, absolutely quick a quick fix. fix. Um, Varane, quick fix. Quick fix. I'd even argue Pogba. I think when but, Pogba was brought in, no, nobody knew what you know. Um, nobody knew where Pogba's um, best position was going to be in midfield. Was he going to play in the pivot? Was he going to I, play as a number ten or a number eight? Nobody knew. I don't think he was a quick fix, right? Paul Pogba was um, 
fucking Ed Woodward's sticking his bollocks on the table. That's oh, all yeah. that was. All Paul Pogba was a flex. Blanc was... 2002, 2003 he came in. I was... 2000, was it? 2000 was way before. 2002, 2003 it says. Yeah, so he was he was the... F- oh, that, no, that's probably when he left. He definitely came in around 2000. And also, mm-hmm. by the way, just to go back to uh, the goals conceded through set piece. Oh, yes. This year, seven. Seven. Lauren Blanc... Uh, signed for United in 2001 left in 03 making 48 appearances scoring one goal um, so he was pre-Glazer but Henrik Larsson was the first of that Glazer model that we're seeing now the Amrabat the, this idea of Benzema oh now yeah. uh, Falcao uh, I don't think they were on loan Falcao was on loan I think Cavani actually signed the river but these players that are like much later on in their career and you're getting yeah. them for these short stints well Amrabat's 26 yeah, yeah, I agree, but it's it's just a, it's just a weird one. It's a, it's a weird one. Um, yeah, look, like, I don't it's know. It's a weird one when when you have when you have Kobe Moynu there now. Yes, agreed. <clears throat> and I do, I do think with Amrabat on paper he is a good signing, right? Even if you if you paid his actual fee, I know they got him on, on he's on loan or whatever, yeah. right? But I think now in hindsight, the loan deal for Amrabat is probably the better option because I don't think he's quite out for the Premier League. No. He was brilliant in the World Cup for, for Morocco. Don't get me wrong, brilliant. And good for Fiorentina. He's good well. for he's great for Fiorentina. I don't think he's quite up for the Premier League. And the loan yeah. deal has probably has probably helped us out in that manner. Because now we know not to splash thirty million on this guy when United tax is going to be forty five. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he can go back to Fiorentina and be like, Do you know what, mate, all the best. It just didn't work out. I think that's another thing that's gonna be eradicated from the transfer market in general. What Ratcliffe will do. The whole United tax thing. Oh, I yeah. think they'll be very. Well, I hope so. They'll be very ballsy with regards to negotiations. Well, they, they, they want no, no, we're not paying that much. The way we done it with Bruno know? needs to be the way it's done all the time. Bruno, Bruno is the only player that we that, that we've actually yeah. that we've got <laughs> serious value for our money. Yeah. Like I, I actually think we've underpaid Ed Woodward and all. Is it yeah. that? But I think we underpaid for Bruno personally. Yeah, I think we did too. I think we and he's the only player I can think of. That we've that we've signed in yeah. in recent years that we've underpaid for because everyone else we've overpaid for. Boy, a mile. I was just disappointed with that midfield yesterday as well because with Ericsson in there, you think we'd have more control, and then Mainu kind of mm. sitting back as a number six. Well, but I just saw Bruno doing everything again, and I was like, yeah. "What's the well, what is the fix here?" I don't think Ericsson has the legs to get around, so I don't know if it's going to be the but case. But I don't think like, Casemiro does either. No, either. Well, this is the thing. If Casemiro plays in there, it's going to have to be Moinu and uh, Casemiro playing as two sixes. As, uh, yeah. As, as two sixes. And we have mentioned that. That needs to be two, two sixes. It can't be a, like a pivot. So last night he was playing Moinu as a six, Ericsson as an eight, and Bruno as Bruno a ten. A ten. And that's all well and good if the eight has the legs. Yeah. So maybe if, if Mount is going to be utilised as an eight. I still don't think my name was, is. See, the thing is, right? And the problem when we tried Mount, Casemiro, and Bruno, it, just the space. Yeah. It, like we, we were being carved apart. Which is absolutely insane to think that Kobe, Kobe Moyne has better positional discipline than Casemiro does. Casemiro no, just goes gallivanting off into the football. Here we go again. What is Casemiro, lads? <laughs> An eight. He's a number eight. He's not a six. He doesn't give a fuck. No, That's he doesn't. The thing. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't like, care. Like, but he doesn't care. He, does, he doesn't care about, yeah. He, does, he doesn't care. He he was, he's he out there playing his own game. His, his defensive duties. He's out there playing his own game. Like, yeah, he doesn't give a rat's He like. wants to show up. And, and 
if we can utilize him as that number well, eight. Well, do you know what the thing is, right? I think with, Ca- with Casemiro, right? I think <clears> what's <throat> happened, right? He was at Real Madrid and he was absolutely forced to play a six because he had Modric and. Yeah. and uh, he had to be Kroos, the enforcer. Right? Yeah, right. So he came to United, this whole uh, quote where he watched us on the telly and goes, I'll fix that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, whatever. He kind of did, though. Right? But this is what I'm season. saying, right? Yeah. So he came in for that season, fixed it, and then he goes, right, well, I'm not proving that I can do it. Now I'm doing what I want. Like. <laughs> and he's out there just playing street ball. He doesn't give yeah. a fuck. Like. It's out, it's like the amount of goals he scored last season <laughs> compared to like some of his individual seasons at Madrid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just ridiculous. But this is what I mean. He's just out there being like, no, fuck, I showed just that I can, that I can do it. So now I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah, it's like when you're playing football on like on the big green, which are mates, right? Yeah, and then you give everybody positions, and you always stick yourself up front or whatever, right? Because that's just the rules. And yeah, then whoever's the shittest goes on goal. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, Casemiro is that kid that you stick centre back and he just doesn't yeah. pass. He just runs the pitch all the time. One hundred percent. Casemiro is that guy. Like. But I think, and that that is the main one of the main reasons why I would play Casemiro, not. Be- not because of his not of his defensive nous that he was known for at Madrid, mm. but for how creative he is. Because I think yeah. he's he's as good as a creator as a number eight, um, more so than Ericsson. I think he. I think yeah, he's on, he creates on. a lot more than Ericsson does. Yeah, and yeah. I know Ericsson had Ericsson was our top assist. He was a top. He was our top assist maker last season. Mm. You know, but I just think Casemiro is that better option. What What I really hope. Um, with this Radcliffe coming in, like I, I really hope a lot of those sort of players are moved on. I, I said it on the podcast before. I love, I love McTominay. I don't think Bruno L. Oh, Bruno, Bruno. Ericsson was for for a while. I think the year, Bruno he, the year he, I think, up. I think he was for a while, especially when he first came in. That's where we signed him from Brentford that yeah. time. Um, <coughs> as much as I like McTominay, I don't think he's good enough if he wants to compete for major trophies. So he's going to have to go. Uh, Casemiro's going to have to go Varane's going to have to go Eriksen's going to have to go Yeah. Uh, so. Evans quite obviously is going to have to go um, a, lot, a lot of those older players like, I think we need to start Like if you look at Arsenal like their, their average age is so young City's average age is quite young as well our average age we're like a fucking nursing home Yeah. and they're wondering why they can't run around for 90 minutes we're fielding 11 old men yeah and then you've Kobe Moyne when they're babysitting them all. Bruno's 30 this year. This is what I mean. Mm. I'm 32. I'm not saying 30's old, but I mean, when you're expected to run around for 90 minutes, it's old. Why football. can't even run for the fucking bus? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Be cramped out for a week and you're expecting 36 year olds to run around for 90 minutes. It's just a fucking joke. Yeah. It is a joke. I think Chelsea have now the, the youngest. Could you imagine that, that lad from City, Doc, or whatever his name is, running like Johnny Evans? That's frightening. Chap would probably have a heart attack. We'll probably see that. We we'll probably happens. will. Do you know what I mean? We've already had Eric. Ericsson already has a pacemaker in there. We don't need more of that. Carry on. Yeah. Pacemakers for life. If Ed Woodward was still there, we'd be getting a medical sponsor. Sponsored by Big Pharma. <laughs> Sponsored by Medtronic. They make all the pacemakers. <laughs> they make all the pacemakers. I got three of them. Medtronic. Yeah. You've three pacemakers, do you? I've had three fitted. That's from being the United fan alone. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like the la- well, I can't believe the one I got was in 2011, the second one. And obviously from 2013 onwards, we were so shit. Like I can't believe I wasn't called in a few years earlier. Yeah. The battery runs every 10 years. Oh, are you serious? You have a pacemaker? Yeah. No way. I thought I, t- I, thought I told No. Yeah, I have a pacemaker. That's gas. And I had a loop recorder in for six, for six years. 
Did you? Yeah, yeah. It revealed the voice that look monitors the heart. It's not a pacemaker, but it monitors the heart. So I have a scar on all there, look. Oh. Had three of them in. Wow. This is a cardiac disorder. So there we go. Not a United Manchester United, United the yeah. cardiac department. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to have a look at um, the, the stats of United fans that have, have cardiac issues? David, don't, David, don't worry. It's okay. You don't have to move on. It's not a serious discussion. I take the piss out of me. No, my little curious. machine and my body <laughs> keeps me going. Oh, I never knew I'm that. Dur- I'm a Duracell bunny. That I'm is. curious about these uh, these players because Damien just said there hasn't been a player in a long time that we've underpaid for, and I've been going through yeah. some of our you know previous ones, and. I can see Daniel James. We like Daniel James. Do you know what? How much did we pay for Daniel James? 16. Bargain. Bargain. And he shouldn't have been sold either. Dan James offers more on the right-hand side than any right-winger that we have at our disposal right now and I'll die on that hill. This one might be yeah. a little bit... I don't. Because you haven't, we haven't seen opinion. Ahmad. We haven't seen much of him so we don't know. Yeah. So Unpopular yeah. opinion on this one. Dallow. How much? How much, how much would you pay for him? How much would I pay for him? 30. 19. Okay. Yeah. I'd pay 30 million. Lindelof. Uh, 28 31 yeah, Probably around for her. I'd pay 15 million for Lindelof Yeah now Oh yeah <laughs> We're guessing Yeah Thinking of when you actually saw in Feinsteiger uh, We're going back 6 million 8 Oh Eight. Which, You know at the age was a thing He was the twilight of his career But and, and we, I, we love how, I love how that man just adores us Yeah <laughs> It's insane isn't it He loves us more than Byron he, like, I'd say he loves the United more than his See, children. He posted a pic of himself in front of his TV. I'd say United went one nil up. The TV was so big, I thought he was there. How do they have the score at the top left? Such a huge <laughs> I thought he was there too. I had to take it. You know, you know, you're rich when you're up in an executive box and an assistant comes and, and draws the scoreline on the window for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. A player I wish we That reminds me of the Tommy Turner joke, you know, build a fucking caravan around it. You know, the big, <laughs> the TV yeah, so yeah. big. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Out of that whole list, I'll say Dan James is probably the, the one player that we've really under, under, underpaid for. Yeah. Um, that low, I think Luke Shaw. Oh, he was 35, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. 33. 33 million. 33. Which was expensive at the time. He was the most... I thought ex- he was 28 million. He was the most expensive teenager at, in the world yeah, at the time. Yeah. And the most expensive left back in the Premier League at the time. Yeah. So that was a big fee when he signed, which obviously in hindsight now... I remember about Southampton. He was unbelievable. unbelievable. Under Potch. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Class. Um, and Aaron that, Maguire. That, 80, 80 million. 80 million. 80 million. Yeah, we all know that one. Uh, who else am I trying to think of that I can... Off the bat, just name. Like Lukaku is 75 million. Yeah. I know there. But hold on a second, right? Lukaku is a fucking complete transfer anomaly. He goes for near 100 million every transfer. Yeah, it was in 100 million at Chelsea. 100 million to Chelsea. Yeah. And then they send him back on loan yes. to Inter. Now he's at Roma. And now he's at Roma. Is he doing all right at Roma? Well, he's something of Jose. He, so he, he loves him and Jose. Him and Jose are going on like a house on fire. Yeah. Two he, toxic bastards. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jose was toxic, but he just had a terrible way of. I love Jose when he just has nothing to do with United. That's when I love Jose Mourinho. Like for a while, I liked him as a United coach. He loves us though, and and he knew he knew the fucking shit that was being played behind the scenes. Oh yeah, you know he he knew it. That, like that season after the World Cup, where you know he was complaining about not getting the funds for mm. certain targets that he had in mind. He was dead right. 
And then oh, the whole really the whole was. clash of Pogba, like I took Jose's side over over Pogba. I think a lot a lot of fans did. And then Pogba posting that fucking what did he do? What did he post after after Jose got the sack? He posted a picture of him shushing. Yeah, something like that, wasn't he? Oh. And like that attitude and behaviour still carries on to this day. Oh yeah, you know that was 2018. You look at. Mr. Rashford's celebration yesterday. Yeah. Shushing his own fans. You know? It's just... I'd have built him. Ah. I'd, if I, I said it, I'd have I've seen a lot of diehard fans on Twitter who were disgusted with what he did. Yeah, I'd, I'd have. Diehard fans who, like, don't don't jump on the players, but just... If you're there in the umbrage with if, that. If you were there and the goal goes in, you're going to celebrate. The second I see his celebration, I stop, I sit back down. Yeah. It's just gonna, it, it just sucked all the joy out of, out yeah. out of the goal, personally. Um, like when Maguire does the ears thing, isn't it? Y- yeah, it's a bit cringe. But then... It's cringy. Uh, do you remember? Uh, but Maguire's knee slide is the most underrated celebration in the fucking world. Yeah, when he, when he doesn't now. do the... When he doesn't do oh, the ears. When he doesn't do the ears. Right. But uh, I think it was the COVID season. Rogba's knee slide, man. Oh, the arms! Right? He that's used a, to tear the pitch. It's about Henri Esto, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Drogba could turn left if he wanted. But this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drogba <laughs> dropping gears and going <laughs> home. And all. <laughs> the slide was so. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, actually, actually, did you ever see that photo of a Drogba, Drogba knee slide? No, no. There's, there's a Drogba knee slide, and there's the two lines of the knees, and there's one. <laughs> 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 there's three lines on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell <laughs> Maguire's knee slider he slides and then it just kind of co- he kind of thorns yeah, yeah oh, it's criminally yeah, it's criminally good pretty good it's, it's pretty fucking s- savage it's pretty slick it is isn't it someone like him you know, someone it like is pretty him, slick it is um, I was going to ask you a question Maguire coming back into the squad now Martinez back do you play a Maguire a, Martinez a centre back pairing of Maguire Martinez or Varane and Martinez the, oh. the, the reliable one Varane David yeah I'm Varane all day I, I think so but I do feel uh, I, I feel really sorry for Maguire that he got injured when he got injured because he was really coming into yeah. playing a form and I just fear he, if he goes back into the fold he might not be in that same form and then it's the same shit on the poor yeah. boy again or you know, he gets left out for Varane because that ideal pairing of Varane and Martinez it was is back. You know, but oh, I don't know. Stick him out right back and see what mm. the crack is. And it was instrumental to our slight success that we had last season. That, yeah, yeah. that pairing. <clears throat> um, I reckon stick him out right back and just see see if we get something. See what he does. Well, Wambasaka played it fucking left. Actually, back, stick stick him in with Kobe Mooney was a six. Yeah. Oh, easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always said, why have we not tested Martinez as a defensive midfielder? Yeah. What about Malassia on the on the left? Malassia coming back in that'll be a boost, but he's had a long term injury and it's who kind of, who yeah <laughs> who bad injury apparently, apparently bad injury that nobody knew about nobody knew about same situation as Martinez he re injured it again and required I think he required further surgery That's I don't know if I'm insane but he definitely re injured it insane write me a hot take on football boots this week Roy. Youth players should only wear black blue back black boots like they did back in the day. Yeah. So back in the day, youth players would only wear all black boots. I yeah. think until they signed their first professional contract. Obviously, they signed professional contracts much. Ferguson right did now. that. Ferguson done it, but a lot a lot of clubs done it. 
I thought it was only black boots for Ferguson. No, no, not not for the player, not no. for the. F- well, it was for it was for a while, even oh. for the force team. It says it in the Beckham documentary. Yeah, yeah in the Beckham doc, and he was the first person to wear the white. The old Adidas Predators. Yeah, but like, so obviously the big issue up until is until Ferguson <coughs> retired. The, yeah. All the youth, the youth team, they all wore all black wore boots. plain black boots. So I think that should be re-implemented. I think it's class. Right. You don't like Maguire's pink boots? Absolutely fucking not. Or fucking Harry Kane wearing bleeding Skechers. Skechers, yeah. yeah. Boom. <laughs> What's going on there? Fuck's sake. Well, I mean, he's scoring goals. So scoring I mean, goals. Stick a pair of Skechers on Hoyland. Six goals in all competitions, by the way. I yeah. remember the stats the other day. I mean, stick a pair of Skechers on Hoyland if it means he's banging in 26 <laughs> goals. I'll go on. Hoyland, where is he? I, I don't know. I'll go on the Grant Street and buy a pair of Skechers right now if it needs <laughs> <laughs> Like but, I bought um, a pair of Skechers as his Christmas present. So, <laughs> I think the U players should wear all black black boots. So, obviously, the big issue is they're they're getting sponsored by the yeah. they're getting direct endorsements from the the boot manufacturers way earlier than they ever wore before. Yeah, you know what I mean, and they obviously want them in the latest and the greatest. Unless yeah, you're Tony Crows in the academy, though, they're being sponsored. Yeah, this is what I mean. They're being sponsored oh, yeah. as, as children. Yeah. They've been sponsored as children, like. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously the big issue there, but it should just be in the club contract that you can sponsor the child all, all you want. Yeah. He's in black boots until he hits first team football. Yeah. Straight out, right? My other hot take on football boots, this is from a consumer standpoint. Nike have not made a single good football boot since the Mercurial Vapor 2. So those are the ones that... Um, I know the, the, the very light ones. Yeah, but remember Ronaldo wore them, Henri had them, Drogba had them for a while. It was the last real or, like, post-R9 one. So they had the colorways, yeah, like a solid colour, yeah. and then it kind of like went to like a, a gradient into like a, a different colour heel. Yeah. Black with a gold heel, red yeah. with a white heel, white with a gold heel. That yeah. is the last nice football boot Nike have ever produced. Yeah. Ever. I can't remember ever yeah. but even that era they had the Mercurial Vapor but then they had the, the Nike Tempos that um, Ronaldinho was wearing yeah. and then they I had, remember and the, then they had the Euros 2012 they all wore they were all wearing white boots but there was like a different shade of colour on each boot there would be a blue yeah. I think a blue one was for the Tempos and a red one was for the Mercurials and the, but the even total ni- the total 90s because even around that same Hyper Venom they're the ones yeah. they do as well the um, even in that <clears> same time period Rooney was wearing total 90s yeah um, Ronaldinho total was wearing total 90s became Hyper Venoms didn't they yeah. yeah so he was wearing total 90s and the last nice total 90 that was brought out was literally the one that was like a, a red and silver and the 90 on the, the on the instep Air Zoom Nike Air Zoom yeah yeah right so that big, it was like a, do you remember that even the football had a 9-0 and a big... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, them ones. <clears throat> like, oh, the, I think, but they were, were they not the they first? Were, were they not Rooney's, though? Yeah, they're, Rooney, that, wore, Rooney them, wore them. But were they not the first total 90s? Yeah, they're the first variation yeah. of the total 90s. And then they had the black and white ones. So that variation of the total 90, the tempo that Ronaldinho wore. Yeah. And the vapour. The, the Mercurial Vapor 2 they're the last line of football boots that Nike made that were any good everything now did you see that? Like, what are but those fucking it's all the same now they, but they're, they're basically variations of the trainers did you see the ones that are like the, the T90s the actual trainers that are fucking gross no offence to listeners that wear T90s I think they're the most disgusting looking trainer on the fucking planet well now they are they were great back in the day yeah back in the 90s where they belonged 
they weren't in the nineties. They launched in the in the early to mid two thousands. Fucking! I had a pair of I had, those total nineties. I had a pair of, and I play I, the yellow ones or the red ones. The red, the red and white ones. T ninety laser ones. The yellow ones. The yellow and black. Yeah, but you know the you know yeah. the you know the trainer that I'm on, that I'm on <laughs> no, about. This is a great it's conversation. Like a, it's got like a bubble, and then on the toe, it's got like two lines that kind of go in like a Z pattern. Then out. Sorry, I know we're veering away from football, but we're still on the topic of of Nike. What? Tiger Woods just amicably split with Nike. How do you break a lifetime contract? That's a lifetime contract. And I don't understand it because, sorry, the lads in Off the Ball were talking about it. I was listening to it last week and they were saying, why wasn't he like given some sort of chunk of the company? Like he's made Nike so much money, probably not as much as Michael Jordan. But it's so weird. Why didn't but, they but, give him his own branch of TW Golf? The way they did with Jordan shoes. Like Tiger's not retired yet. No. Like t- Tiger could still have a decent fucking run in the Masters. Oi. And what's what? What are we? We're going to see Tiger Woods wearing Sunday red, but you won't see the Nike logo on it. Well, that's Nike's fault. What's going on there? He's most. He's, he's literally the most famous golfer of all time. It was a hell. Yeah, it was a hell of a round, Tiger. Like. I can't just I can't envision that at the Masters. Well, oh man. Well, yeah. I think I think the, the big tough. I know <laughs> I know I know we're off the topic of football here, but I think like in terms of endorsements, it works it works the same with football. There's a reason why Adidas still hold on to David Beckham. Yeah. There's a reason why Nike still hold on to Michael Jordan, right? And those are because those two sports. No disrespect to golf, mm. g- golf cannot compete. Yeah, with the, with those levels. Well, of Well, sorry, and I did forget to mention they were only designing a, a, apparel for the golfers. They yeah. stopped making the, golf clubs in two thousand and sixteen. Mm. But McElroy is still in a monster contract with them. Well, he, he's still signed to them. The, the issue with Nike Golf is they they've really failed to capitalize on the on the like that wave of at leisure. Came in, you see, like um, New Dimensions there on Grafton Street. You have Gym Plus Coffee, and they're just two small Irish brands. Yeah. Mentioned, right? Um, that wave of at leisure, that's sweet. Why didn't Nike Golf jump all over that? Like, look at Lululemon. That's basically golf wear. Yeah. The men's range of Lululemon is just golf wear. Yeah. Why didn't Nike just do that? And they would have had Tiger, the the biggest golfer of all time, to, mm. to back it. I but they get... were they they were thriving in the golf scene for a long time. Yeah. I mean, after after that that famous but what? hip shot at the Masters in two thousand and five, where the ball stops just at the the cup of the hole and the Nike logo is in view, like that you couldn't buy that. Oh my god, there! <laughs> but you couldn't buy that sort of thing. Like that's that's the universe just sprinkling stars. Crazy on you, shit. Right? But the issue is, Troyven and golf is different to Troyven than anything else in the world. When they launched Jordan shoes, they hoped to sell a thousand pairs in the first year. They sell a thousand pairs every five minutes worldwide yeah, now. They do. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is bonkers. Crazy. Do you know what I mean? How much golf apparel would you have to sell to compete with Jordans? You just don't. Because uh-huh. there's not enough fuckers in the world that like golf. There's just not. But, like, there's a Nike Air Rain. Like, I'm wearing what Air Force Ones now. And they're, they're kind of from Jordan. Like, Jordan. They Michael Jordan would make a few bob on me of buying these Air Force Ones, would he not? No, I think it's no, only it's just, just Jordan. Strictly Jordans. Because, see, this is where Nike were really smart because they brought out the dunk. 
and the dunk was huge. But yeah. the dunk has nothing to do with the Jordan. Nothing to do with Jordan. No. Yeah. Because there's Jordans and then there's dunks. Yeah. There are two different variations of shoes. Because I got shit on Instagram the other day where someone was like, can you style Jordans? And I wore dunks. And I was like, uh, mate, they're dunks. And I was like, same fucking thing. They're about some shit over hype Nike shoe. <laughs> so we're not getting a Nike sponsor, I can tell you that anyways. <laughs> hey, you know, Tiger, you know, you got rid of Tiger. You got rid of Tiger if you want out. Yeah, you're coming for us. <laughs> I was literally wearing yeah. Nike at the throw all the fucking time as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it all Nike? Al has this thing, folks, where he. No, no, he, my t shirt isn't. <gasps> Shocking. We can't see that. Al has this thing where if he wears one brand, everything on his whole outfit has to be the same. So he's got Nike tech bottoms on there. He's got Air, green and white Air Force ones on. He's got black and white Nike socks on. Are the jocks Nike as well? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> white cabin coins with a Nike sign and Sharpie drawn on the leg. I know you're telling us to wrap up, but I have a few tweets. A few tweets in. to wrap up. Is that okay, up. David? Come on. I just wanted to move on from the golf talk. Oh, I thought it was great. <laughs> what, my... Do you realise the escapism <laughs> and joy that I have <laughs> of moving on from the shit that I have to watch every week that I'm paying ridiculous, just extortionate money for every month? What, Nickelodeon and shit? Uh, don't get me started on that. And there's enough... We're moving on. So there's enough on Netflix and Prime for my child to enjoy. Dodgy Box. Dodgy box. <laughs> no, no. No dodgy boxes in the foreign household. Um, right. Now TV subscription to the max. I just said, let us know what your thoughts were on the game and what Ratcliffe can do to get United going again. Mark Nyland has come in right back, left back, centre back, centre midfield, right wing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the start. Ratcliffe has got a big job on his hands. He does realise this is not basketball, yeah, we can just buy five players. <laughs> it's not FIFA. Midfield gets passed and ran through every week. Gaps are massive, yeah. We've stated that. Um, <clears throat> Sarare Irish. Game after game. Teams have so much more control, especially in the midfield, and, domin and dominate United. Spurs, without their best players, easily dominated the game at Old Trafford. A big overhaul is needed at the club. But will that happen? One or two transfers in and out won't be enough. We, we don't know. It's, it's all kind of unpredictable at this well, point with Ratcliffe. Well, it's, it's, it's not going to be a quick fix. No, it, it, it's it, not. It, this, is going, this is going to be a project that takes at least five years. At least. Absolutely. Right? Van Gaal said it. Yeah. Right. But, right. Listen. Zoom. <laughs> Pay attention. Open your ears. Right. You will know from the first active transfer window on the Ratcliffe. Right. Not, not the January window. You will know in summer the manner in which we conduct ourselves in that transfer window. The players that we go for. Yeah. The players that we get in or don't get in. The players that we sell. And, and the fees that they go that they sell for and the fees mm. that we we buy them for you will know how we conduct ourselves in that window what it's going to be like in the next five years you will know in five years time if we're in an, in a place or you will know immediately yeah. if we're still on that same carousel you will know immediately because if you go out and, and sign Benzema now on a, on a six month loan deal and then you give him a, a two year contract on 500 grand a week mm. yeah throw in the towel yeah. Go watch ice hockey or something because it's the same shit. Yeah. The only difference is Radcliffe is looking after the the, the signings, but it's the same bollocks. Like. Yeah. If he right. is going to do that though, he needs to be clever and do and sign some players within his first year, and then if he's, you know what I mean, then sit back. Do you know what the thing is, right? What what would really help Radcliffe, right, is if Ten Hag identifies a number of targets, mm. and we go get them. He has. 
Yeah, but he hasn't. Not all of them. We haven't got all of them. Mm. But he has, and there's a certain player who you spoke about earlier in this episode that you put your eyes up to heaven and groaned at your t- your phone. Yeah, came on, and unfortunately, that's the targets that Ten Hag is getting. And unfortunately, bat seems pointless now. Yeah, Martinez, a gem, a f- a, a gem of a player. So, so I am concerned about where his head is at with regards to recruitment. I think he needs someone, a Paul Mitchell in there with him, or a Carlos um, fucking. What's his name? Another Blanc. Yeah. Um, what Ten Hag needs is, is the way Fergie had Carlos, had fucking I know yeah. McManaman still a fucking a Steve McLaren still floating around there. But <laughs> he needs help with regards to who he's what he's looking at. Yeah, he needs he needs a DOF in his ear. Mm. That's what he needs. I don't know. I think my big issue with Ten Hag is is his ability to identify talent in in the market. And yeah. I think there's something like obviously he's identified Kobe Moyne, but I mean it'd need to be fucking Stevie Wonder not to see this kid. Well, this kid had been talked about for years. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> during, it, like especially during Ollie Ollie's time, mm. you know. Um, Ronan O'Reilly has come in uh, with a tweet here. Honestly, what is Ten Hag doing in training? No style of play. He's in the job long enough. Forget about the injuries and all that. I'm more worried that there is no system at this point and he's there long enough for us to see one. And that was one of my concerns yesterday as well. Just watching that essentially a depleted Spurs team Mm. run us ragged on the pitch. Dominate control literally controlled the tempo of the game they did United had United were looking for scraps mm. relying on scraps and and counter-attacking football there, yeah. yeah you can play counter-attacking football but there has to be a well, slight element of control in that well, game well there absolutely does because in, in the modern game right um, when with counter-attacking football there is an element of luck involved yeah there is an element of luck no, no matter what, right? Oh God, yeah. You you win the ball and you you break quickly forward. You you pass the ball forward. Mm. Right? Everything moves so fast. That pass needs to be. It's it's a combination of three four passes that all need to be almost perfect. Mm. Right. You also need the, a defender to be slightly out of position, slightly too far forward, slightly too narrow. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that really need to align for a counter attack to work perfectly. It's why, in the grand scheme of a game, you might get. One, two really clear core counter-attacking yeah. uh, moments. And you might take one of them. Think of that Ronaldo Rooney, Jisung Park counter-attack against Arsenal. Yeah. Right? That is literally a combination of five perfect passes. Yeah. Right? But you also have three players running forward that are all of equal pace to, to a degree. Mm. Yeah. Ronaldo probably quicker than the other two, but is forced to stay on side yeah. as, as well. Do you know what I mean? So... Our biggest issue is is that if you look at Man City, Man City, pin, they pin you back, right? Arsenal do the same, right? Because Declan Rice is fucking criminally underrated at this. Uh, marching his entire team forward, progressing the ball. Mm-hmm. Jack Grealish does it as well. Jack Grealish's progression stats are fucking oh, off the charts. Freak. Off the charts, right? Are, prog- are progressing the we ball forward. We did that at Villa as well. We did it at Villa as well, know? right? So if you've got players that can progress the ball, Rodri does it well, Grealish does it well, De Bruyne does it well, but more using the ball rather than actually carrying it. Declan Royce carries it very well. Mm. Um, so what they do is they, they pin, pin you back, pin you back, pin you back. Then what they do is they overload one side of the pitch. Yeah. 
right? And with City, it's normally that left-hand side, whether it's Grealish or whether it's Doku. Yeah. Um, they'll kind of overload that side of the pitch. And then very quickly then, they'll, through a quick intersection of play, they'll get close to the byline, they'll cut it back, or they'll, they'll clip the yeah. ball into Hoyland, right? Or they'll suck you back this way yeah. and they'll keep they'll keep the ball and everybody kind of drops back gets a bit narrow to keep the ball and then they draw you out yeah. and then and then pop you in behind yeah. right Dortmund done it with Haaland unbelievable how many Haaland goals for Dortmund come when he's running from maybe 30 yards deep yeah. and the ball is slipped in, in behind and he's running onto the yeah. fucking thing that is a pattern of play that's not count that's a pattern of play yeah. United don't do that we don't control the ball deep and then hit you in the mm. space we don't create space. We don't pin you. We don't overload. We don't do any of those things. It's all reaction, as a, as opposed. It's all like being reactive as opposed to proactive. We don't we don't manipulate players into certain areas of the pitch. We don't identify weaknesses and then target them. We we don't do any of those things. It's almost like okay, let's we hold did on to that the ball. City though, hmm? last season we did that against City and Old Trafford. We 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 had a, a control over the game. But Fred was playing, and Fred was instrumental in the midfield because it, now Fred isn't. You're talking about carriers of the ball. He's not that, but his his off the ball, he was unbelievable against City mm. because he constantly he was just on top of them, and we were pressing them like crazy, and it was ju- it was a prop like that game was just a proper kind of outlook of what Ten Hag had in in had planned for United. Mm. We were unbelievable that day. We had Luke Shaw and Varane in defence. Martinez was missing. But you talk about carriers of the ball as well for us. Martinez is our best carrier of the ball. And Shaw. And Shaw and, Shaw and Amrabat, you could say as well. Yeah, but Mar- Martinez... And do you know what, actually? Harry Maguire progresses the ball extremely he well. He does. Ex- yeah, he actually Harry does. Harry Maguire progresses the ball extremely well. But Which we, is why, why not, take a, why not take a punt on playing Martinez? And Maguire. no. I know I'm mad. As a, as a six? Try it. Just try it in one game. Try it in a meaningless game and play... <laughs> meaningless? <laughs> we don't beat anybody. They're all meaningful now, mate. Oh, they are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Eastleigh or Newport. They'd probably, they'd probably give they'd us a probably go. They'd probably give us a go. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> I am eagerly watching Eastleigh versus Newport in the FA Cup. Cannot wait. Oh. Do you know what? Fair play. Delighted for those two clubs. Also... They get, they get a huge fixture in yeah. the FA Cup and you know what you know, I know United are shit but they're still but Man United yeah yeah the might of Man United yeah but uh, do you know what I have to say um, the semi-finals of, of the League Cup uh, yeah. Fulham in one and who was in the other one uh, uh, Fulham, Liverpool and Middlesbrough and Chelsea Middlesbrough, Chelsea Fulham and Middlesbrough both being in semi-finals of the League Cup is is brilliant for football uh, yeah it is it's brilliant it's for football I have to say yeah the League, the League Cup have been, had been fecking Clogged up with top four teams. Well, for I mean, last couple of years. which obviously makes sense. <laughs> but it's absolutely brilliant to see two smaller clubs yeah. win it. Now, let's be realistic; it's probably going to be Liverpool Chelsea final. Well, Chelsea lost one nil in, the, in their first fixture, so yeah. And there, um, so Chelsea were very lucky against Fulham as well the other day. Yeah. So there, there is that. Um, Busto should have been sent off. See that tackle? So oh, fuck me. <laughs> Sticky United anyway. toward on him. He's getting a ten week ban. <sighs> yeah. And on that note. This has been episode 22 of the United Way podcast, the John O'Shea episode. Yeah. Unfortunately, Shazy is not here. We will get him on. Yeah, uh, but we'll get him on at some point. Uh, I've been miserable. and <laughs> that, <that's laughs> We've out. tried our best. We have, yeah, yeah. 
We've tried our best. Yeah, I've been miserable since Nike haven't brought out a good boot since the Mercurial label. Even though I'm miserable that Mikey, Nike got rid of Tiger Woods. Can't believe that. And next week on the golf <laughs> podcast, <laughs> Al just loves talking about anything that's not football. PlayStation. That's <laughs> great. Fucking GTA. Escapism. Um, golf. I'm, wat- I'm watching Fargo at the moment. It's very good. Oh, Fargo season five, if anyone watches it. Right, sorry, 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 sorry. This is sorry, United sorry. Way. This is Manchester United. I'm Al Ford. I'm Damien Bodry. We'll see you next week, folks. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Light app.